11, and we're going to be in page 41, lesson 10, the faith of Israel. We've been talking about this hall of faith and all the different people <coughs> that are represented in the Old Testament and their stories. But before we begin, maybe someone has a Bible memory verse you want to try out on us. Anybody? Jody. Call unto me, and I will answer thee. Amen. All right. Anyone else? Janie. Amen. All right. Very good. Anyone else? Going once, going twice. All right. Well, I've got these two ladies here, so Jody and Janie. I want to remind you that the first Friday in January, we're going to start our Hope Ministry on Friday night of every week, and uh, that is a Hope for Addictions Ministry, and if you'd like to be a part of that, just let me know, and uh, those of you who had gone with us a few months ago, let me know if you're still planning on that, and we'll make sure that we have material for you. Anyway, today we're on Lesson 10, page 41, the faith of Israel. Up until now, we've been looking at individual people, all these different people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and now we're looking at a whole nation, and so on page uh, 41 and in our book, Hebrews 11, uh, verse uh, 29 and 30, uh, we'll see it here. It says, By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as by dry land, which the Egyptians, as saying to do, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. The Lord has provided for us examples of individuals who lived by faith, and now he brings us to the record of a group of people who collectively expressed faith in God. And we notice what the Bible says there. Again, they went through the Red Sea. The Egyptians were drowned. And then, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed. And that means circled. The word compassed usually means encircled about seven days. So make special note of the word they. <coughs> they passed through the Red Sea. We understand that no doubt there were people of unbelief involved in this group also and there there were I, I think the bible indicates that that even though they all got out of egypt there were some people that were still there was a mixed multitude the bible says and they they there were some unbelievers in the crowd and uh you can read about that in the book of numbers and other places uh but they were alongside the people of faith and they were enjoying the ride and the majority had faith those who did not exercise faith went through with the people of faith. The people who travel with people of faith are blessed by those people. And so um, the more Americans who have faith in God, the more blessing it is for all Americans. And uh, the same thing with your family. The more in your family are Christians, the more blessing it is for the family. And same thing with church. I don't think that the average church is 100% saved people. It's supposed to be. But I think sometimes it slips through the cracks and there might be membership that isn't even saved, uh, and they just kind of go along for the ride as well. 
Uh, and so that point is something to, to bring up. But let's keep going. It is our Lord's intent here for us to witness the faith of Israel, the believing Israel anyway, not only passing through the Red Sea, as Exodus 14 says, but also surrounding the walls of Jericho, as Joshua 6 talks about. Uh, because those two events were quite a few decades apart. The crossing of the Red Sea happened, and then there was a 40 years of wilderness wandering because actually the people who went around Jericho were the children of the people who were the adults passing through the Red Sea. They were literal children when they went through the Red Sea. They were adults over 40 years of age when they circled Jericho because if you remember, the doubters and the people who complained and murmured against Moses had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years until they all died. And uh, only the young people under age 20 got to go in. And uh, so uh, that's something to keep in mind as well. I want to um, recognize they crossed the Red Sea, uh, but then they failed to trust God in order to to conquer Canaan. And we look at it and think, how in the world could you not believe God with all the things that had happened? But you know what? How in the world do we not believe God after all the things we've seen happen? We've seen God save us and do miracles, and yet we doubt him too. Um, so 40 years later, they finally crossed the Jordan, and then they trusted God to cross, conquer Canaan. And let me just say, if you have parents who failed, please don't make the same mistake they did. Learn from your parents' mistakes. And if you are a parent who maybe has made some irreversible mistakes, tell your children not to follow your footsteps. I don't know how many of the parents in the wilderness said to their children, you know, the reason why we're all dying and getting buried here is because we didn't obey God and obey Moses. I wouldn't be surprised if some parents never said a thing to their kids about it. <clears throat> and and so then they repeat the same mistake. Anybody horrified at the fact that your children repeat after you? <laughs> I am. It's like, wow, they're just like me. And we need to break that cycle by telling them and being honest and humble enough to tell them, hey, don't follow my footsteps in this. Learn from my mistakes and not do the same uh let's look at exodus chapter 14 and let's just see some things here and uh and go this through this quickly i don't want to necessarily read every verse but but we got to i think review it because exodus 14 the lord spake unto moses speaking to the children of israel uh and they pharaoh will say the children of We'll say of the children of Israel, they are tangled in the land. Verse 3, the wilderness hath shut them in. I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart that he will follow after them, and I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts. And so God is preparing this great showdown where uh, they, the people are afraid. There's a Red Sea. It's a dead end. How are we going to get across? Pharaoh is rumbling behind us with his chariots and horses, and he's mad. And, uh, and so we see this happening. And it says in verse 7, he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. So basically the entire army of Egypt is going to get wiped out here. And God, uh, he, verse 8, he hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Uh, you, you, you keep rebelling against God, eventually you'll get a hard heart, a reprobate mind, the Bible says. And so verse 9, the Egyptians pursued after them. And uh, and so then the people start to get afraid, and they're whining and complaining. And verse 11, they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die? That's just a dumb question. They know better than to ask that, but they're just mad, and they're bitter, and they're angry, because it looks like now they're in for it, because Pharaoh's going to get them. They're, they're stuck at a dead end. And uh, <clears throat> didn't we tell you in verse 12, didn't we tell you to let us just leave us alone? Let us just keep being slaves? It had been better for us. Now, a few minutes ago, they're all excited because they're leaving Egypt. But now they're all upset. 
Verse 13, Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today for the Egyptians, whom ye have seen today. Ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And we know what happened. that uh, They crossed on dry ground, and the, the Egyptian army, how stupid of them to follow them. If, if their God is splitting water in half, I don't think I'd be going in there. But they followed right through, and sure enough, as soon as the people of Israel got on the other side, the Lord stopped holding back the water, and the Egyptian army was drowned. And the Bible says that they saw the Egyptian army dead upon the seashore. Verse 30, they were dead on the seashore, just washed up to the shore, dead, dead horses, sunken chariots, dead bodies floating in the water. And uh, Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. And all of a sudden, they weren't as fickle as they had been before. But these, as I said, these people were the same ones who later on murmured again and uh, the Lord had had enough and he said, you 20 years old and upward, uh, you're going you're gonna to wander in the wilderness until you're all gone. And just the children under age 20 will go in except for Joshua and Caleb. Deuteronomy chapter 1, I will see another passage. Deuteronomy chapter 1, and uh, verse 23. By the way, I want to point out that in verse 2 it says, There are eleven days' journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. And it came to pass in verse 3, In the fortieth year, in the eleventh month, so, verse 2 is an interesting verse because it says it's only 11 days journey, but verse 3 says it took them 40 years. It's, it's only 11 days journey, but after 40 years they finally got there. And it's just because of their own lack of faith and obedience. So then, verse 23 of Deuteronomy 1, it says, And the saying pleased me well. And I took 12 men of you, one of a tribe. Moses is repeating this, rehearsing this to them. Verse 24, And they turned and went up into the mountain and came unto the valley of Eskel and searched it out. And they took of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down unto us and brought us word again and said, It is good land which the Lord our God doth give us. Notwithstanding, you would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. And you murmured in your tents and said, Because the Lord hated us, he hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, The people is greater and taller than we, and the cities are great and walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakims there, the giants. Then I said unto you, Dread not, neither be afraid of them. The Lord your God, which goeth for, before you, he shall fight for you, according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness where thou hast seen how thou, the Lord thy God bare thee, as a man doth bear his own son, in all the way that you went until you came into this place. Yet in this thing you did not believe the Lord your God. And so Moses is rehearsing to them that they didn't believe and that's why there was judgment and that's why the parents all had to uh, die off before the young people would have the opportunity to go in so then we get to Joshua chapter 6 and Joshua chapter 6 and by the way some have pointed out that Joshua didn't send 12 spies he only sent 2 maybe he learned from that I don't know but that way it would just be a 50-50 report if nothing else (coughs) because unfortunately when the majority says you can't do it, usually we listen to the majority 
uh, opinion versus the right opinion. Joshua chapter 6, though, in verse 1, Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor, and ye shall compass circle the city all ye men of war and go round about the city once thus shalt thou do six days one time for six days in a row and seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns in the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times and the priests shall blow with the trumpets it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet all the people shall shout with a great shout, <clears throat> and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Joshua the son of Nun called the priests and said unto them, Take up the ark of the covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And so we see what's starting to happen here in this plan that's taking place. It's kind of interesting, and there's some things we can learn. Now remember, we're talking about a group of people called Israel, specifically the saved group. And they have three things that we're going to look at today that makes them part of this hall of faith because they did something pretty incredible when you think about it. Number one, the obedience. <clears throat> faith obeys absolutely. They just saw their parents get buried in the wilderness and they had lots and lots. They must have had several hundred funerals a day in order for millions of people to be buried in 40 years. And so they had funeral after funeral after funeral and they realized that disobeying obeying God and not believing God was a dumb idea and so they were obeying and they were listening and Joshua is telling them what God says to do and uh, <coughs> verse number 10 Joshua had commanded the people what God had told him you shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout then shall you shout. And so we're going to do it exactly as God says. We're going to have the seven priests, the seven trumpets. They're not going to blow the trumpets yet. And we're going to march around the city one time for six days in a row. And so it obeys, obeys in everything. Faith obeys absolutely. Not halfway obedience, but all obedience. Remember the story of Peter in the boat with Jesus? Uh, Jesus said, cast your nets over on the other side. And Jesus and Peter's like, oh, we've been fishing all night and we haven't caught a thing and, and I don't mean to be unkind or rude here or anything but um, we are the professional fishermen and you're just a carpenter and uh, so I really don't think you know as much about fishing as we do and Jesus said cast your nets on the other side if you read Luke if you read the passage I think it's chapter 5 Peter said alright alright we've, 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 we've toiled all night and we've caught nothing nevertheless at thy word I will let down the net singular now, Jesus said nets, plural. And you know what happened? The net broke because there are so many fish, one net couldn't hold them all. See, faith, if it's true faith, you're going to obey all the way, not this halfway obedience. Peter had a broken net and lost a lot of fish because he didn't obey all the way. And you know what? We do the same thing. We have faith, but then we don't necessarily obey completely. These people had to obey completely. That's why they're listed in Hebrews 11 because they they did something remarkable they obeyed and we're going we're going to look at this walking by faith every detail that was revealed they listened <clears throat> we do not seek our way and that's what happens we say well i i see what god's saying but you know i really could help him out here i really i think i could add some things to what he's wanting us to do here um think about that for a minute and think if that's really necessary we do not seek our way. We seek God's way. Faith obeys God in every revealed detail. And so what he says, 
That's what we're going to do. So uh, we read verse, I think I stopped at verse um, of Joshua chapter 6. I think I stopped at verse uh, 6. So verse 7, and he said unto the people, pass on and compass the city and let him that is armed pass on before the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass when Joshua had spoken unto the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns passed on before the Lord and blew with the trumpets and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. So no one was supposed to talk. Everyone was supposed to just walk around the city. No noise, no talking. They're going to blow, but not yet. And so it says here, the Lord instructed Joshua to instruct the people. The people were instructed to march around the city once each day for six days. On the seventh day, they were going to march around the city seven times. If we truly have faith in the Lord, we're going to attempt to do exactly what he says. And you know what? Even if it might have been overboard, God will appreciate overboard more than underboard. The Lord would have appreciated too many nets thrown in the water instead of not enough. We cannot have our way and God's way. Our way must become his way. And yet, you know why we don't want to do it his way? Because his way usually doesn't make sense. Isaiah says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Why is that? Because God likes to get the glory. And if we do it man's way, we're going to go a different direction. Now, remember, these are the children who were literal children of the people who were there when they went to the Red Sea. You know what? If you look at a map, and I I guess I should have put it on the screen, it was dumb what they did because they went right into a dead end. I mean, you talk about military strategy. That was stupid. If you look at the Gulf of Aqaba and you look at those fingers of the Red Sea and you look at uh, the Sinai Peninsula and where they went, they they didn't even go in the direction of of the Promised Land. They actually went kind of southeast and ended up at the Red Sea. And the other side is Saudi Arabia. Now, that's all God's doing. But if you remember the story, Moses wasn't following a map. Moses was following the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. And so it looked like they were doing a dumb thing. And that's why Pharaoh was so confident, because these people are so stupid. They've been slaves for so long. They don't even know which way they're going. And he thought it would be easy pickings for them to be, for them to be caught and be a dead-end zone in the Red Sea. And that's the way the world thinks of us as Christians. You guys are doing it all wrong. How are you ever going to get anybody to listen? How are you going to, I saw this comic earlier this week. How are we going to get people to come to church? Let's have a band. Let's have more lighting. And, and third guy says, how about we just preach the gospel? We'll get rid of that guy. Can't have that. Listen, the power is in the gospel. It's not in gimmicks and all this other stuff. And last Sunday, someone got saved. And we didn't try to do a bunch of gimmicks. We just preached the gospel. And we trust in what God's way, but God's way looks dumb. It looks old-fashioned. It's not going to work. Well, you talk about dumb. I mean, Rahab told the spies, we're scared of you. We're scared of you. We've seen what, you, what happened to Egypt. Egypt all drowned, and we don't know exactly how you did that, and uh, we're, we're scared of you. And so they're all sitting on top of the wall, and they're not saying a word. And they just went all the way around the city. It's like, well, this is weird. And I'm sure some of those Second Amendment guys in the bunch are going, man, I got weapons and I got swords and we're marching and doing nothing but marching. What am I in, a parade? I didn't join a marching band. I joined an army. Why are we just marching? This is dumb. No, but you know what? You know why God likes it to to be that way? Because when it's all said and done, who do they say get 
gets the glory. Who do they say did it? I mean, who knocked down the walls? It, it, this is why doing it exactly God's way typically sounds foolish, but it's the right way. I like it when Peter, uh, Jesus told Peter, go catch a fish and open the mouth of the fish and you'll find enough money to pay your taxes and mine. I mean, that's just weird. But that just proves that God's way will work. We just got to follow it. We got to obey. And so faith requires obedience. And your obedience proves that you believe. It's the very best way to show that you believe. And there are times as a Christian and especially as a father, as a pastor, as any kind of a leader, you're going to do things that's just faith and it's like, I know it doesn't make sense. And that's, if you read if you read Exodus 14, you realize Moses is saying, I realize, I realize you guys think this is stupid. I realize you think I'm lost and I'm going the wrong way. But the truth is I'm just following God and this is the way he said to go. So stand still, zip it, and let God show us what to do next. And we have a hard time with that. And especially if you're a leader, because then you, you, as a leader, you're kind of looking stupid. I remember one time hearing a pastor say, Lord, you're going to have to come through because if you don't, you and I are both going to look really stupid. And, and that's okay because God's like, I don't mind that because pretty soon I'm going to prove that I'm not stupid. But when we try to help God out, that's when we mess up. Like, like Abraham tried to help God by getting a second wife who would have a child. No, no, no. Just trust the Lord. And we, we have a hard time with that. So the obedience of faith is huge. We have to learn to just obey. Just, what did he say? Just do it. Whatever he said, just do it. All right? And so then secondly, let's see, on top of obedience, there's discipline. And really, obeying is hard when you don't have discipline. And our precious kids that we have, our anchor clubbers, they want to obey. But a lot of them don't have much discipline. And so even when they want to obey, I mean, it's just like, I, I can't help myself. You know what I mean? And, and, and discipline is such a blessing. But you know what? When you want to do something, you will discipline yourself. And you will pray and ask God for the discipline. And so notice here, this is, this is really cool. And I'm going to read starting in verse 9. Joshua 6, 9. And the armed men went before the priests that blew with the trumpets, and the rearward came after the ark, the priests going along and blowing the trumpets. So the only sound is these trumpets blowing. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, <clears throat> nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth, until the day I bid you shout, then shall you shout. So the ark of the Lord compassed the city, going about at once, and they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. So basically, they had a parade every day for six days. And the only noise were the seven priests blowing seven trumpets, and that's all the noise. And I don't know how many million people there were, but I know it was over a million. And they're just marching around with nobody talking at all. Verse 12. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests and took the ark of the Lord, and the seven priests bearing seven trumpets and ram's horns before the ark the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets, and the armed men went before them. But the rearward came after the ark of the Lord, and the priests going on, the blowing with the trumpets. And the second day they compassed the city once and returned to the camp. So they did six days. came to pass on the seventh day that they arose early about the dawning of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times, not just one. And it came to pass.
pass at the seventh time when the priest blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. The fear of God brings, brings us to a place of having to yield. We sang that song this morning about letting the Lord have his way. Just let God have his way. Whatever he says, just do it. Remember, the people marching around had to remain completely silent, verse 10, until Joshua commanded them to shout. Not one of them could offer his advice or counsel. Once they started to obey God, once they had launched out to do what God said, there was no discussion or debate. Their fathers were the greatest generation of murmurers that had ever lived. And everyone knew what became of them. Their carcasses were buried in the wilderness because they all had a better idea than submitting to God's way. If we have faith in God, our faith must be disciplined. Listen to God, obey the Lord, and wait upon him. It's hard to be silent because we have all have our opinions. Can you imagine Mr. Spear doing this for seven days? I'm just kidding. He can't go without talking or bugging. I'm just kidding. But the truth is, I mean, any of us, can you imagine walking every day around an entire city called Jericho and not saying one word? Oh, my goodness. But Joshua told him, this is what you got to do. And on top of just talking, the murmuring or complaining or whatever it might be, this, was, this required discipline. These people were to be obedient in every detail, and God said, you're not even going to speak until you've learned to be silent and listen to the Lord. I don't know of anything that any of us need more desperately than to learn to be quiet and wait on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. No word. There is a time for shouting, and there's a time for silence. The silence came before the shouting. And then on the seventh day, they had to do it seven times. I mean, that's seven times the work they've been doing. This was quite a disciplined effort. And they had obedience, which then required discipline to keep that obedience going. And I, I think we, we, we read that story, and I think we kind of skip over it, because typically when you tell this story, you tell it in a Sunday school class for about 30 minutes. Be quiet. Tell your Sunday school class to be quiet for six days in a row. We have a child in our family. I won't say his name, but it starts with S. And he has the same problem that some others in here have. He just loves to talk and entertain. I didn't say any names, even though your name starts with S too. But anyway... uh, he loves to be the entertainer. He's the clown. And there have been more than once, and it doesn't happen too much now. He's age 19. But in the younger years, I would, we'd sit at the, and I'd finally just say, <clears throat> Sam, don't make any noise for five minutes. I first time I said, Sam, don't talk for five minutes. Then I learned, no, I have to say, don't make any noise for five minutes. And I, he's, I'm serious. Of course, the other three kids are like, <clears throat> because it was like the hardest thing in the world for that guy to do. Because if you know anything about him, he's related to Mr. Spear. He can't be quiet for five minutes. <laughs> but he did it. 
No, I'm just I'm picking on Mr. Spear because he's always picking on me. But the point is, is that this we we tell this story in Sunday school. It's like yeah, yeah. They did. No, think about it. This was a week. This was six days, and they were to be completely disciplined as they marched and just quiet. Boring. Irritating. Somebody stepped on my heel. No talking. Wow. Pretty pretty interesting. And we we need to practice that Psalm forty six ten. Be still and know that I am God. Just be quiet and wait on the Lord and um sometimes we just gotta defend ourselves, we gotta say stuff, we just uh, no, just be quiet. O- obedience, discipline, and then lastly patience. And uh, so verse 20. So the people shouted when the priest blew with the trumpet. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. So that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him. And they took the city. God is never late. If you think it's, he's late, it's only because you're early. The patience of faith. Obedience, discipline, and patience. I do not imagine that it was extremely difficult on the first day or even the second or third day. But can you imagine by the sixth day? It eventually started to be difficult for the Israelites to wait on the Lord. I just can only imagine how boring and how frustrating that must have been to do that six days in a row. Is there a Jericho for us to conquer when we get frustrated and grow impatient? We begin to come up with our own plans. Maybe we pray about something for a day or two or three, and God doesn't come through in six days or six months or six years, and we start to get impatient and grow frustrated. I've got some verses for you. These are written in the margin of my book, so let me go to Psalm 37, and then I'll go to Isaiah. Psalm 37, first of all. Psalm 37 and verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Just trust the Lord. Just wait. He'll come through, like he said, but we have to obey, we have to have discipline, and we have to be patient. And then Isaiah 28 is another place. Isaiah 28 and verse 16. Isaiah 28:16 says, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious stone, a sure foundation. And it says at the end of that verse, He that believeth shall not make haste. I'm not worried or frustrated beyond my mind with anything happening in our world right now because I know that if I wait on the Lord Jericho is going to fall I know if I wait on the Lord he'll come through he will be there trumpets will sound seven of them and at the last trump the victory will be ours and so we just wait patiently for the Lord and we don't lose that patience we stay disciplined and then Isaiah 40 31. We sang it this morning. Isaiah 43.1. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I just have a feeling that maybe the Lord blessed them with some maybe cloudy days that day so they're not getting too sunburnt. Maybe a little bit of a breeze. And, and, and as they obeyed him, he was pleased with their obedience. And no doubt when it was all said and done, the report from the other cities were, you're not going to believe how Jericho fell. They just walked around and didn't say a word. And then on the last day, they walked around seven times and yelled, and the whole city fell apart. Their God is something. That's the best part about it. Their God is something. Not their something. Not, wow, what a strategy, you know. Wow, what a military weapons they have. No, just, wow, what a God they have. They gave God the glory with their obedience and with their discipline and with their patience. It proved God to, to be awesome. And so when we get impatient, we start coming up with our own plans and we start helping God out. That's what Abraham did when he listed to Sarah and ended up with a second wife who ended up having a child, Ishmael, which was not God's plan. We start our own plans and you see other people like uh, King uh, King Saul who was impatient about Samuel showing up and so he uh, does the unthinkable and, and tries to offer the sacrifice and the same thing with King Uzziah and just terrible, terrible idea and not being patient and, and starting to come up with our own ways of getting it done. But if we want God to prove himself, then we must be patient and wait on him and just do what his word says and follow his word and trust him. Miss Wilma tells a story in her class sometimes, and I've told it here before, but I love the story because it's a good thing for kids to remember. It's a good thing for me to remember. I found out most kids' stories are good for adults too. It's a story called The Prairie Clock. It's kind of like Little House on the Prairie type setting. And it's called the prairie clock because <clears throat> dad uh, was a single parent. There was no mom in the picture. He had to go to town. He left his children in the little sod house out there in the in the prairie. And he had made sure that they had a meal prepared the night before. And then <clears throat> they all were to go to bed. And he was going to get up before even the, the sun. And he was going to go off into town, which was going to be an all-day trip. He wasn't going to come back till way late at night. But he was afraid that they wouldn't. Uh, regulate their meals correctly and he wanted to make sure that they uh, did their chores and, and regulated their food and all that sort of thing and so he just gave the oldest one instruction and told the, all the others to follow and obey and there's this <coughs> old clock on the mantle and he said when you see little kids that can't even understand anything yet he said when you see those two hands straight up then you know it's time for lunch but don't you dare eat the food until those hands are straight up And then he had them set the night. He said, I've got a big feast set up here, but we're going to put a sheet over it, keep the bugs off of it, and it'll be ready for you. As soon as the hands are straight up, that's when it's time to eat lunch. And I've got your list of chores to do, and you get up in the early morning, you start your chores, do all these different things, and I won't be home until after dark. You'll be in bed. Sure enough, he came home late that night and opened the door, and to his horror, the sheet over the food was still over the food and it looked like nothing had been touched and it scared him to death. And he rushed into the bedroom to see if the children were there and sure enough, they were there. They were all asleep. And he woke them up. He said, what's wrong? Are you okay? Uh, yeah. Well, 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 why didn't you eat the food? I went back out and said, the hands never were all the way up. The clock had stopped. 
He woke them all up, and they had a feast that late night. And his heart was pretty touched. You know what? That's the way our Heavenly Father is. He just wants us to obey. His clock won't stop. But he wants us to trust him even when, when it's beyond logic and to just do what he said to do. And with God, you never have to worry about anything not being there or, or dad not showing up or something bad happening. God will be there. He'll always be on time, but we got to trust him. And when it feels like we can't, we got to keep trusting him. He's not going to fail. He's not late. He didn't fall asleep. He is and will always be on time. God is always on time. The Lord knows the exact moment when he can get the greatest glory. And when we give him the greatest praise, that's when we are right with him and we, we are glorifying him. He's always on time. If we think he's late, it's only because we're early and we're impatient and we're selfish and we're not obedient. So understand the patience of faith and wait on him and trust him and teach your children that discipline. I'm so glad Josh did this. It's it's not not like we have a really well-disciplined dog, but she's learning. And, and way back six months ago or so, Josh taught her to sit. And even when the food is right there in front of her, to just sit. And so she sits. And we tell her to sit. Sometimes she'll try, she'll scoot. No, 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 no. Sit. She'll, she'll get down on all four and kind of, creep. no, 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 just sit. And then we'll go off and we'll act like we forget. Go in, shut the door, open the door back up. And she'll be like, but she's good at it now. But if any one of us messes up and, and is a little lenient, the next day she'll push the envelope. You know what I mean? Because somebody else let me have a little bit of push the boundaries yesterday. But you know, it's a good thing for her to have that discipline. It's a good thing. It's good for her. It's good for all of us. And God wants us to have discipline so that our obedience can be easier to be met and that we can have patience knowing that he always rewards. Boy, sometimes it feels so hard, but he always rewards. He always comes through. I just need to be patient. So trust him. Don't get ahead of God. It's not right for God's children to grow impatient with him, but we do sometimes. Don't do it. Don't allow that temptation to happen. What would have happened if, if anyone had talked during those days? They would have messed up a lot of things. In fact, if you read the next story, one guy stole, Achan stole, and it, it, it messed up the whole victory. Don't allow anything to get in the way of your obedience to God. No matter how hard it is, just do what he gave you to do and trust him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your opportunity to open it and to share it together. This had to have been really hard because this wasn't just one person obeying. This was a whole group of people who had to encourage one another and remind one another to be quiet and to do what you said to do. Help us to be like that, to be able to collectively as a whole group obey you and not get impatient and not be disobedient and, and without discipline. Help us to encourage one another to keep on keeping on. And please encourage the individual here today who needs to remember that you will reward those of us who will obey and be patient. Help them. Help all of us, Lord. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.